Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Now, a couple of things to clear up. Cards on the table. Yep. <laughs> First things first, I'm not supposed to be here right now. No. Uh, I'm supposed to be Europe. I'm supposed to be Europe. I'm supposed to be in Europe in my GT3. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. Um, all will become clear, I guess, on the main channel in a few days' time. It depends when you're listening to this episode. Uh, the, ch- the video might have already gone out, at which point you know why I'm here without my GT3. Um, uh, but yeah, that's all I, I guess that's all I have to say for now. I'm here. My GT3 is not. Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass, your weekly automotive podcast hosted by two rather uninformed enthusiasts. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I'm Sam from the YouTube channel Scene 2 Glass. I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. And you can watch us each week. We hope you enjoy the episode. DB12, the Aston Martin press drives, which took place in the south of France. Monte Carlo, to be specific. Now, the only annoying thing for this podcast is, legally, I'm not allowed to talk about driving impressions. Right, you've driven it then. I have driven it, I have driven right. it. But I, there's an embargo. I think we've spoken quite a few times before on this podcast about what an embargo is. But it's a fairly, um, well, it's a legal bit of paperwork, but I, I don't know how strict it is. Like, you know, it is legal, but I think you could break it. I'm not sure you're going to get sued. You're just going to get a lot of trouble. Well, they won't invite you back. They're, exactly, exactly. But I'm not going to like end up in jail. It's not that legally no. binding. Um, it's just like a sort of firm telling off. Yeah, yeah. But I, you know, I don't want to upset them. So yeah, we're not going to talk about driving impressions, but we can talk about pretty much everything else. Right. So the experience, what I got up to, and the visuals. Because that's not driving impressions, right? Like I can talk about the exterior. Well, as long as it's not moving. As long as it's not moving. Yeah. yeah I can talk a bit, a bit about that. Yeah. So, um, Where did you go, mate? So yeah, so south of France, Monte Carlo, actually officially just outside Monte Carlo. So France. Yeah, France. (laughs) (laughs) Look at you, geography teacher. Uh, A new hotel or a newly refurbished hotel called the Maybourne Riviera. Beautiful. It's up on the cliffs above Monte Monte Carlo and it is probably one of the most beautiful hotels I've stayed in. Okay. It is really lovely. Most of the rooms have these incredible balconies that look down onto Monaco. A few quid. I mean, I think all the money. I reckon my room was about 1,500 quid a night. Right. Like, cash. I looked it up. Oh, you looked it up? I looked it up. How much was it? Because I want to stay there. (laughs) I've not not stayed there. I've stayed in. You saw my content. I saw it. Yeah, yeah. For a change, I did see your content. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think it started about a grand a night. But yeah. if you was in a Larry one, it would have been more. Oh, mate, my room was like nearly the presidential suite. Right. Okay. I had like, I had rooms. There was a bedroom and a living room and a walk-in wardrobe and a bathroom and 60. Uh, my my toilet, my loo, 
the seat raised automatically when I opened the door. Went and the seat was heated. No, it yeah, wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not even joking. They've only given you that room because King Charles is your uncle. <laughs> Mate, why have they given you that room? How have you got in there? Because, Tony, I am very influential. <laughs> and as the point has been proven, yeah. you are looking to book that hotel based on my content. So uh, it is paid off for them to give me that room. Uh, yeah, but... <laughs> Yeah, I suppose I can't really argue. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really say anything about that. To be honest, I think it was luck of the draw. I'm sure there were some other rooms that were even better, but I have to say thank you to Aston Martin because, yeah, somehow I ended up in this incredible They've done a good room. job? Well, they've done a great job on the event. Uh, it, that had to have been one of the most luxurious events I've been on. We've spoken quite a few times on this podcast about press launches, press events. We obviously did our first one together a few we weeks ago with Maserati. We um, that went down well, so well done. Yes. Oh, by the way, thank yeah. you so much for all the positive feedback on yeah, that. Yeah, loved we, it. We're going to do more. We are. Um, that was a bit of an experiment. We have, I've already purchased some additional equipment to improve the audio and the and the, the listener experience when we do future events. What we thought about, actually, just sorry, this is a bit of a segue. We thought it might be fun at some point to do some listeners rides. So like Rate My Ride, but instead, listener rides. So we're going to work out how you might be able to submit your rides for Tony and I to come and test drive and give honest reviews about. That could be a real disaster. But I mean, anyway, that'd be quite funny. It'll be, well... I mean, please. Funny can, for someone. Can, can we have some parameters as well? Well, that's why I can, think we need to work it out. Go on, what are your can, parameters? My parameters are, please, please, please do not send anything modern because I drive a modern car every day. Send a pile of shit in let, yeah. me, let me have a drive with one of them I mean okay, that would be the wait, funniest thing just don't do it yet we're, we're going to work out how you can submit rides and when we're going to be doing it but I agree I think the worst car the worse the car the better sort of yeah it would also be cool to get behind the wheel of some interesting stuff or some stuff that you like that I don't or vice versa but so, some old cars are interesting yeah oh 100% like that mean they're very good 250 GTOs <laughs> <laughs> please get in touch so yeah, watch this space, um, but, but thanks for the feedback. But uh, anyway, back to Aston Martin. Uh, yeah, it, w- it was a super luxurious event. And for me, I slightly judge the level of the luxury or the experience on a press event with how much the manufacturer want the car to get. Positive reviews is a bit harsh, but like, you know, reviews to get to get coverage uh, the influence the influencers are being influenced yeah because right. i mean let's face it fundamentally it's a bit of a gray area but the reason that any company not just a car manufacturer puts on a fancy press launch event is to try and seduce media into saying positive things of course it happens in every industry you know i, I just literally saw omega launched a line of limited seamasters in Mykonos. I mean, they took like a whole lot of media to Mykonos, this yeah, beautiful, yeah. I don't know where it was, but it looked amazing. And then you have, uh, oh, that girl that we were on the plane to LA with, who was, yeah. she wrote about computer chips or technology. She was off to review a computer chip in Hawaii. Yeah. I mean, you're going to be saying great things about that computer chip, aren't you, from and, the beach? And I, <laughs> and I guess it depends what industry you're in, because they all have different budgets, you know. Can you imagine like the... The, the tech world, can you imagine the budgets they will have compared to the car industry? It must be insane. It must be telephone numbers. But I'm sure in, you know, even if you're a cardboard cardboard box maker, there will be um, a machine company or a cardboard. Of course. Something who will do an event and invite yeah, you down yeah. and give you free coffees and croissants and talk you through. So it's the way of the world. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, in the car world, especially with the luxury brands, they can go a bit over the top. And I always judge, you know, when they're spending a lot of money, I'm like, they want, they want this car to get a lot of... They need to sell this car. Yeah. And you know, (laughs) that is essentially true of the DB12. You know, Aston Martin have said that this is a really important car for them. It represents the next generation for them. This is the kind of platform that all future cars are going to follow or sorry the not the platform the architecture or the blueprint right because it's going to share this new infotainment system which aston martin built ground up my first question is who did you buy it from they went no one we built it ground up wow well done which i thought was very impressive yeah very good yeah um (laughs) only weird thing was so it is you know it is ground up i don't know how much i can talk about actually utilizing i'll save that for the main video but one thing which I can say is when you get in the car at the start of a press drive, there's usually a, a technician or someone who gives you a little bit of an overview to say, oh, that's the gear lever. That's how you put it in reverse. You're all so, that bad. Or you need yeah. to be, you need that's to be the told accelerator. The that's the brake. <laughs> literally. Literally, that's what happens. <laughs> no way. I'm not even joking. But at one point he was talking me through the buttons on the steering wheel and he went, oh, that button there, it's just like the Mercedes one. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> Well, isn't, that means it works. Isn't there... Well, yeah. <laughs> I, we know that I don't know if I can respond. Works. I don't know if I can respond. <laughs> Legally, I don't know what I can say. But my point being, Aston Martin are making this big deal about the fact they've walked away from the old Mercedes technology. And this is a new ground-up design. And then the guy's like, yeah, that one's just like the Mercedes thing. I'm like, so did you just copy them? Or did so they just the, leave? So it? this design, this ground-up design, is this an improvement in general? Or is this just an improvement from the old car? I don't know what I'm allowed to say. Well, no, no that's, that's not a driving impression. It's not a driving impression, isn't it? No. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not asking you if you can do donuts in it. Yeah, I guess I can talk about it. Is the, is the infotainment system as good as anything else on the market? Yes or no? Yes. Right. Is it? it, it it's, I'm getting so nervous right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's the moment. I'm so sorry if I've screwed this up for everyone. Go on, Tony. Keep asking. And... Um, Yes or no, is it just an improvement on the old one or is it up there with some of the best on the market today, i.e. the Land Rover interior system? You said yes or no. I'm just going to say yes. I don't know what your question was. What? what? <laughs> you, you said yes or no. Yep. Is it this or is it that? Right, it's, or- yeah, it's yes. So it's better than the old one. And, it, and it's as good as anything else on the market. That's it. It's all I need to know. Well done. What I will say, here we go. The car I drove was a pre-production or prototype. They, they weren't final versions. And we were told that the, the software has, there's already four newer versions. You know what I mean? Like they've already updated it four times. Right. And the customer cars aren't coming out until September, October right. type thing. So what I experienced wasn't even the final customer version right but so they've done a good job yeah well done yeah very good but what i can talk about with confidence and not being terrified that a, someone from aston martin is going to swoop through our skylight and shoot me in two <laughs> seconds time <laughs> is the actual layout the sort of buttons the the design of the interior because we've seen that from photos thank god they've kept a lot of functional buttons so i bemoaned the fact that in the dbx no touchscreen at all. There is a, there it is touchscreen in the DB12, but it's not all touchscreen. There's loads of still rocker switches and physical buttons for the important parts so that when you're driving, 
you're not constantly distracted trying to improve the air conditioning or change the air conditioning looking down at a touchscreen. Because the Roma, for example, which has got to be one of those that car's biggest rivals. That and the Bentley, yeah. Yeah, that and the Bentley probably, you're right. It's <laughs> so finickety, like the touchscreen on the steering wheel. I keep getting lost and your fingers doing stupid things. And I really hate the Roma's... Um, what do you call it? Like touch points. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful place to sit the Roma for sure. Um, and everything's like within your grasp, but yeah, you are right. The steering wheel and the wing mirrors, like it's all like annoying. Yeah. Just get distracted where, so yeah, by having physical buttons, I think Aston Martin have done a great job there. Yeah. It could be because their customers tend to be a little bit older. (laughs) Big fingers. What's all this touch technology? (laughs) But no, I, I, I'm being harsh well, there, well, but Wait a minute, hold on a minute. I think Aston Martin over the last few years, of, of especially since the new Vantage come out, they have a different customer now, mate. Agreed. No, no, you know, I, they, hey, they've pulled, I agree. They've pulled customers from Porsche. Whether they've kept them is a different story. But they have, they have pulled customers from other manufacturers, not just the old, you know... It's not buying Aston Martin or a Honda Jazz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think for them, you know, they're hoping that the DB12 does that 10 times over. You know, for, for they really, they are repositioning their brand entirely. Right. So they give us a slide. You've now, obviously, off the back of our Maserati experience, you've experienced one of these presentations before. And what was that one like? Hey, it was all right. Lots of, <laughs> you know what I noticed straight away? Lots of really heavy, like, rap music, which I just wasn't expecting. Like, wow. the the start of the presentation was this kind of amazing video edit but with like really heavy rap like we're in the game we're coming to get you this is our car i was like oh my god they're definitely going after a younger generation then i shouldn't rap should i that was embarrassing (laughs) yes terrible yeah um but yeah the big slide where basically they think they've found a hole in the market so they, Which is unusual for them because normally they find holes in their cars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. They admit that in recent years, Porsche, Mercedes, BMW, Audi, maybe a few others have really caught up with Aston Martin in terms of product delivery, you know, or, or the products that they're delivering, where Ferrari, McLaren, Lamborghini have really moved forward in terms of performance. So they went, look, firstly, the first thing first, we really want to catch up with proper performance brands Ferrari, Lamborghini, McLaren obviously Lambo and McLaren don't really do front engine GT cars but but they just want to get to the real top level of performance but they also said we also want to be on a par with Rolls Royce and Bentley in terms of luxury because they think there's no one in the space giving the performance of a Ferrari, McLaren, Lamborghini with the luxury of a Rolls Royce and a Bentley and they want to sit perfectly in the middle of those two kind of extreme um whatever it's called graph points you know all right axes axes all right so what ferrari don't do that with the purest thing yeah but i would say ferrari's level of i would say ferrari's level of luxury isn't equivalent to a bentley no i agree so that's what that's where aston are trying to bridge the gap what i couldn't understand which i sort of you know if you look at a venn diagram remember remember what a venn diagram is no. Do you know? No, no, no idea, mate. So you know when it's like two circles and the bit overlapping in the middle is, that's a Venn diagram. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So they, they want to be in that middle bit. So is that them saying we want to be in the middle, therefore we're 80% as good as a Ferrari in performance and we're 80% as good as Rolls-Royce in the luxury, so we're 100% 
good as an Aston Martin? Or do they want to be 100% performance, 100% luxury? Because it's not possible, right? You can't have a Bentley Continental GT that performs like an 812 super fast. Because that much leather just weighs you down. Like, do you know what I mean? it's, it's, but that's what Aston are basically trying to do. They're trying to make a car as dynamic as Ferrari, but as luxurious as Bentley. Yes, that's exactly what they're trying to do. Right. I mean, that is a niche because you're right. No one, no one's doing that. I mean, good luck, by the way. But um, yeah, are they trying to reinvent the wheel? I mean, well, norm- you'll normally- find out if they have. <laughs> <laughs> normally, if you want performance, you have performance. Normally, if you want luxury, you have luxury. And quite often, bearing in mind these people that buy these cars, they have more than one car. They normally have one performance and then one luxury. So why would... Oh, well. Well, let's see. They are very upfront about all of this. They are not pulling the wool over your eyes. They're saying, look, this was our biggest challenge. This This is what we want to be as a brand. This is where we want to be. And we have been working incredibly hard to create the products that fit in this sector. So yeah, DB12 is the first. I did find out about the cars coming after it. They're going to be coming thick and fast and they're pretty exciting. Um, have they all been announced? I don't know. I'm too nervous to say. But um, yeah, lo- lots of new cars coming from Aston Martin. And yeah, they're going to follow this kind of similar architecture. So, or at least um, mission uh, of, of being path. in this space. The path, thank you. Uh so yeah, so my, my video will go live soonish. I think the official global embargo is like in a few days' time. So all the reviews are going to be coming out. Um, but I had a blast. It was a, it was a brilliant, brilliant event. Good. Loads of recognisable people there. Uh, Matt Farah, smoking oh, yeah. tire. Yeah, we yeah. Lo- love a bit. Matt had a great time hanging out with him. We were supposed to share a car. And then I feel like because of our <laughs> chat the night before, Aston Martin got nervous and they separated us. Did they? <laughs> Which is good because like for filming, it was great to have separate cars. But at the end of the day, we both were like, Kind of would have preferred to be in the car together. Yeah. Um, Thomas from World Supercars, uh, Jer Collector, uh, Life of Riley. Uh, who else was there? Uh, Supercar Blondie, but not Alex. So mm-hmm. the Supercar Blondie team were there. Yeah. Anyway, so, you know, big smattering of Fair. creators. So there'll be lots of content coming out. Um, but some other interesting Aston Martin related things that took place whilst I was at the event or, or we learned about. Firstly, and actually quite amusingly, I think, uh, Lawrence Stroll. Uh, he wasn't at the launch. Would have been quite fun if he was. But he was busy making quite outrageous claims, um, despite the fact that I said that Aston Martin going through this very exciting time of rebranding themselves and got lots of new products coming. Uh, Lawrence thinks he should be knighted for the work that he's already done. Right, brilliant. Uh, this is a quote. Literally says, Aston Martin boss Stroll, I should be knighted for work I've done. Stroll believes how he's turned the firm around should be recognised, saying, I've saved thousands of jobs. I mean... Confident guy. Yeah. I mean, it all depends what he means by turning the firm around. Is turning the firm around just saving people's jobs or actually trying to make the firm some money? I would say he's a businessman and a proper businessman as far as what I can see. Um, He wants to make some money. Yeah. I feel like he's really good at, like... uh, Building up his own business, like yeah. what's called it, you know, propping no, up his own business. Yeah, he's he, no, he, he's it's like a Jose Mourinho. He's selling a dream, mate. Yeah, that's what he's doing. Aston Martin, we're flying. Yeah, we're yeah, so yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, it's a really. This will all be part of his plan. I, I it'll be kind. Part, they'll be selling it one day because S- sell it all. Whilst there is positivity, mm-hmm. the F one team doing really well. Yep, Valkyrie's kind of on the road. I like that car. Do you? I do really, really like the oh, Valkyrie. I'm not a big Aston Martin fan, as everyone knows, but I. Honestly, like as a piece of engineering, 
I I I really admire it. To what extent? Like that it just that it exists or Yeah, just that it exists as in um if I had to choose between that and the Merc, the project one thing, I'd choose the Valkyrie all day long. Hundred percent. Now, if someone said to me a year ago, "You're going to pick an Aston Martin over a Mercedes," I'd I'd say you you've lost your mind. But I I genuinely would, if you know, I'd have that Valkyrie. I that can't a, remember previously what you said about it, but I feel like I don't feel I, I said but, anything about it. Well, I feel like this is a new thing. I feel like you sort of you've come upon this uh, decision of liking this car. Yeah, because I feel like maybe we've been dismissive of Paul. And traditionally, when cars are over one and a half or two mil new. I'm not interested. We're, yeah, we are very like, nah, whatever. Yeah. So why are you saying like, oh, hello? I'm not, I'm still not interested. Okay. As in, as in, uh, because I, I can't afford one. I'm not having one. But from afar, I think it's an unbelievable piece of engineering. It's an unbelievable piece of kit. Mm. No, I'm with you. My, and there'll be some Valkyrie fanboys. No, I'd like to drive one. Yeah, so would I do. Flat out on a track, please. <laughs> hey, I'll email Aston Martin. We got on with them well. I did that as one of my first questions. Like, you can do any Valkyrie press drive? And they're like, nope. like, great. Well, they're all sold. Yeah, literally. I was like, you don't yeah. need to, do you? They're like, no. why would we? Why yeah. would we? Yeah. Um, but uh, wait, what were we saying just before that? How good the Valkyrie No, uh, my issue being, I don't know if they work. <laughs> as in, I know there are a few that are knocking around on roads here and there. There haven't been a ton being seen driven. And when they have been seen, they're often by the side of the road. Well, the Merc don't work either. Really? No, no. It's broken all the time. Uh, according to who? According to everyone that's ever driven it. Really? Yeah, it's just, oh, I hadn't just heard that. broken. Maybe these cars are too complex. I think that's the problem, mate. They've, they've created something that, you know, is unbelievably complicated. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, anyway. it is. You know, I'm with you. I'm with you. But anyway, so back to old Lawrence. Um, yeah, so I think from the outside, there, there's positivity. But if you drill into it, he's not quite turned it all around yet. Like they're not. It's not like a massively profitable business. It's not. Like, well, it's not even profitable, let alone massively. But I mean, loses still... loses money all the while. Uh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's like on a good path. Like I'm. I'm. Hey, we're all. I think somewhere deep down, apart from you, Tony. Aston Martin fans, or at least we want to see Aston Martin do well. No, I always, I, I love the look of Aston Martins. I appreciate them. I like the sound of them. But they are, maybe not in uh, Stroll's era, mm. but they are piles of shit. <laughs> they are, and I've owned them before in the past. I've sold them. I've owned them. And they're just crap. In your opinion. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, well... My know. professional opinion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we know how wrong that can be. Don't uh, be like that. <laughs> I, I appreciate his positivity, his confidence. I appreciate his confidence, but yeah. I feel a bit like, slow down, Lawrence. Like, still a little bit of work to do. No, that's the man he is, mate. That's why he's a billionaire. It's fair. But, and I know, feel like maybe it was said in jest. I part think of he, his persona. I think, he, I think he's got a sense of humour that maybe not everyone understands, and I think he would have just said that in passing and someone's picked it out and gone, let's make a headline out of that. He is shouting and screaming as well because he is the leader of that company, right? And if he's doing that and everyone looks up to him, they're just going to work that little bit harder. Mm. I don't a, think they have a choice is what I read between the lines. I'm sure speaking. they don't. I was like, so he's quite a, quite an intense guy. Or yeah. And they were like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, 
as well as him shouting from the rooftops, we also got the news that they, like so many others, are launching their first electric vehicle. 2025, they've teamed up with Lucid, who with that startup, they're kind of a Tesla rival. We saw a couple of Lucids in LA. We did, yeah. So they're using Lucid technology. And I guess they're going to pull some stuff from Geely because Geely just bought a load of Aston Martin, didn't they? they did they? The, yeah, they bought all those shares, like, like 20, oh, 20-odd that's right. Yeah, like that. That's so, why he's frowned the money at it. I, I guess. I think it's a, a big partnership with Lucid. So yeah. I think there's an electric SUV coming 2025, which I guess must be the DBX. It's only two years away. They're not going to build a ground-up SUV in two years. Electric SUV in two years, are they? No. So that's got to be an electric yeah. DBX. And then there's a supposedly an electric GT car at the end of the decade, which to me, I don't think we'll ever see that. that oh, I hope not. That's a shame. It's a shame? What do you mean? Well, because the, the heart of an Aston Martin is his engine. If you take that away, what's it got? Apart from it looks nice. But, but you'd argue that lots of electric cars look nice. But is that not the fundamental issue for almost every performance brand? Like, well, that's going to be the problem, isn't it, going forward? How do you keep your identity? How do you keep the uh, emotion of the car? Without an engine, engine, without its heart, yeah. It doesn't matter in a diesel A3. Of course, or an SUV or, or anything that you use all the while, that you use every day. But on an impulse purchase, you buy an Aston Martin or a Porsche or a Ferrari or a Lamborghini... The main reasons why you buy it, one is because it looks nice and that's what you like. That's the brand that you like. Fundamentally, you buy it because of the engine. Mm. I mean, you take that away. What, what? Why? Do you think any engine? Because, for example, DB12, no longer got a V12, it's got a V8. Well, it's still got a big V8 engine in it. So you think just a big performance engine, it doesn't really matter because we see what C63, downstepping to the four-cylinder, uh, Ferrari got rid of their mid-engine V8. It's now the hybrid V6. Like, so you just think it's a performance engine? Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Performance combustion engine is important. Well, it the, doesn't... Two nine, the 296 still sounds good, by the way. It sounds it like a little V12. Piccolo V12. Yeah, that's right. The C63 They've done that. That's a that's a mass produced. I mean that that'll be electric in a minute. That car, you know what I mean? That's like mm. you know when you when you look at that that C sixty three competitor. It's the M three, which is a straight six engine, which all the noise comes through the speakers anyway. And then you have got an RS four, which is a V six, which is a <laughs> dead. Yeah, it's like a, it's just a dead fart. Yeah, basically. yeah, literally. Yeah. So you see why Merck have gone that way yeah. in terms of the C sixty three. That sort of product line. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be fascinating. I mean. You're sort of right. I mean, 
I've said it before, I'm sitting here waiting and really keen for electric performance cars because we we just haven't had them now for a good number of years. Look at Lambo. Look at Lambo. Look at Lambo. That that, that new... Revuelto. Yeah, it's still got a big V12 in it. It's hybrid, but it's still got a big... I mean, they haven't put electric in that. Well, they, they can't with the hybrid. Yeah, but but <laughs> maybe that's the way they got to go. They got they still yeah. have to bolt an engine and have a hybrid system. I think for Ferrari, McLaren, Lamborghini, they will keep heavily hybridized combustion engine vehicles for sure. Probably have different rules as well, by the way, because they're not mass produced companies. They only make a certain amount of cars per year. And do you not think we're going to see? I think we've spoken about this before. Sub brands that they can keep putting engines out because of the new EU ruling. Saying, Correct. You know, you can put synthetic fuels and stuff. Yeah. Um, they'll just create Ferrari Dino and then they'll all run under well, yeah. you know, they'll, they'll just be separate companies yeah, that yeah, yeah, only yeah. produce 1500 cars a year correct yeah anyway so yeah alongside the electric SUV there's apparently an electric GT so let's let's wait and see I, I'm I'm waiting for some cool like the the upcoming electric box draw came in like I, I'm, I want a cool electric performance car I'd be all for it but Apparently, Volkswagen feel like mm, that's a bad idea because... They feel the, the people don't want that. They feel the people don't want that. I love this story from Volkswagen. Uh, there's the great... It's like very German, but also very PR. The line they came out with is saying, Volkswagen scales back EV production and cites strong customer reluctance um, and shifts shortened holiday period extended. So... Um, in short, that's them saying, we're not making EVs anymore. We've had enough of this. I don't think it's we're not making EVs anymore, but it's, it's, it's people aren't really buying EVs. No. So so essentially, there's a, one of their factories that I think produces ID4 or something like that. Yeah. They've essentially just extended the summer holiday. They've changed that. They've reduced some of the shifts and extended the summer holiday. So it's not like dramatic. It's not like they're closing down the factory or there's halting production. They're just increasing the holiday because they're saying that there's less demand. Like they just don't need to make as many EVs because... People don't seem to be buying them, but Fair. it's less, oh, you know, there's not much demand. It's like strong customer reluctance. That's like, oh, people are like pushing back against yeah. EVs. What if that's a message to the governments saying, you're making us build these cars, but the punters don't want them. Mm-hmm. So I think that might be, there might be a bit of a, a message in there, mate. I think it's getting messy, this. It's it's a disaster. Because... Car crash. You're literally... (laughs) (laughs) Pun intended. Yep. You're getting Volkswagen coming out saying this, that there's strong customer reluctance to EVs, so we're having to having to slow our factory down. Yeah. Was it Toyota who is starting to look at the solid-state battery stuff? Which I sent you that article that they believe that they got a a thousand-kilometer range, charging in 20 minutes... Yeah. That that's what they're aiming towards, which is the new generation of batteries. So they're pushing... Then there's also hydrogen coming through, also from Toyota. Then you've got synthetic fuels. Uh, Mille Emilia, P1 Fuels, my mate, P1 Fuels. They were fueling up a lot of the classics at Mille Emilia. So there's just so much noise coming from every different direction at the moment. Yeah. It's it's getting a little bit messy. I don't think these manufacturers know if they're batting or shitting. That, yeah. You know, uh, you know, three weeks ago, Toyota was saying... They're going down the hydrogen route. Yeah. Wasn't and, yep. now, and now they come out last week and said they're going, I, I don't think they know what they're doing. I think that's what we're starting to see. I think yeah. it's, it's, I've said it before, it's exciting in terms of technology and development. Like I can't wait to see what's ahead. Like there's so much that's going to happen in such a short period of time, but it's getting very confusing in terms of messaging, product offering. There's a lot of backlash, I think, internally, <laughs> externally. Customers are annoyed by certain experiences, whether that's with... BVs, hybrids, cost, fuel, 
Synthetic fuel, like people. Parts can, of the world, mate. Part, as well. Like literally. Because there's different parts of the world that really are on board with EVs, like Norway and stuff like that. I mean, that's all they, and their, their infrastructure system's great. And then we went to America last year, and there was just got big, V8. Literally just got big trucks. Yeah, everything's got V8. And we thought that that was Tesla City. Mm-hmm. But we didn't really see any Teslas, did we? That's the third biggest selling community in the world of EVs and it's a state it's not even a country yeah but anyway we didn't see one I think so there's there's just a lot of confusion going on but this Volkswagen story I just thought was kind of amazing because actually when you look at it it's not that dramatic it's not that drastic but it's, no. it's the fact they've chosen this strong customer reluctance sign which I agree is a bit of a like hello like yeah. something's got to change yeah <laughs> so uh, let's watch this space but um yeah VW making a lot of noise um We've got to move on because in the world of high-performance vehicles... Yeah. ...what that all means for us, Ferrari... Yep. ...came out of, I wouldn't say nowhere, because we've seen this car testing and being teased for a while, but slightly out of nowhere, and unveiled the SF90 XX. Right. Now... Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we've seen this car batting around Maranello and stuff and we all assumed it was the pistol or the speciali version of the SF90 right mm-hmm. this XX isn't that is it it is oh <laughs> it is that it is confusing isn't it really confusing so there have been quite a few test mules and camouflage cars knocking around Marinella recently. Right. But this is the version speciale, which is the code name for Pistas, TDFs, all of that lot. Yeah, yeah. Of the SF90. Right. But it's also the first ever road legal XX. Right. So we know we've had the FXX, the FXXK, the FXXK Evo, the 599XX. Traditionally, XX cars have been track only cliente car so this is the top level of ferrari ownership essentially invited to buy millions of pounds and as far as i know you can't you don't ever keep the car the car stays with ferrari correct and they tell you where you can drive it and when and they send the car there and charge you lots of money to go yeah so it's like you've got to buy the car for two mil (laughs) and then if you want to come and drive it come to Fiorano and it's 25 grand. Yeah. You know, like it's sort of insane, but it's the top of the top. But they're the most extreme versions. They look amazing. They sound amazing. They're lightweight and they're based on road cars. I mean, that is a proper kick in the kahunas. That's like Rolex, Rolex selling you a watch and saying, no, no, you can't wear it. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll meet you at the restaurant once a month and you can put it on for an hour and then we're going to take it back and put it back. And we'll charge you five grand. For and we're going to charge inconvenience. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely insane. But we have seen XX, car, XX cars end up in, in private customers' hands. Like, you know, there was that road legal one at Joe McCarry not a yeah, million I years thought, ago. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It does happen. I yeah. don't know how, but it does happen. But, but theoretical, fundamentally, uh, they're all kept by Ferrari. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're based on road cars. So we've seen Enzo, Laugh, and 599. Um, but they're most extreme versions. And then the version speciale, as I mentioned, are the Pistas, the 360 Transtradale. That's a version speciale. Correct. The Scuderia, all that lot. Yeah, yeah. So what Ferrari did is they came out and said, look, for the SF90, we didn't want to do uh, Fiorano edition or what we all expected, a Le Mans edition. Instead, we're going to create the first ever road-going XX. Brilliant marketing sort of unbelievable well 
I actually don't love this because it's not an XX car in the sense where it's nowhere near as extreme as all going XX cars before. Mm. Oh, actually, sorry. Hold on a sec. I missed one critical component of the name. SF90 XX Stradale Road. Correct. It's if you call it SF90 XX, that which is maybe there is an SF90 XX coming. That's the one that I expect to basically have like one seat, car fight, like nothing, no nothing. And that's nice. what Ferrari like, will keep for you. And that's probably what they'll keep for you. And that's probably coming an SF90 XX. This is an SF90 XX Stradale. I yes. forgot that. Good point. Fair enough. Yes. But when you look at the numbers, it's a bit of a piss take. Well, <laughs> I was going to say head scratcher. <laughs> 30, 30 horsepower more. Yeah. 10 kilograms lighter. Yeah. I so mean, that's a joke. That's your lunch. Which is all the seats, I think. It's basically just the seats. <laughs> I mean, it's literally lunch. I mean, honestly, if, you, if you're lunch. holding in a Wii, yeah. you're basically in an SF90. Literally, yeah. And then a bit of aero. Now, it's Ferrari. I'm sure this thing is going to be amazing. I think take an SF90, which has been a bit too GT car-like in all of my experiences. Yeah turn it up to 11 which is what this will be i think it could be amazing you love the sf90 i do yeah this could be great i don't know if i'd like it on track though i like it on the road it's a very good road car but that's because it's really compliant and a bit soft this is going to be a terrible road car this is track focused hardcore aeroed up yeah machine the, the biggest problem with this car and it this looks is, crap no 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 no, no. <laughs> and it looks at, Awful, sorry. And in my experience, being that I'm a track-focused guy, mm -hmm. is that anything that's heavy is never, ever, ever good on track. That's heavy, mate. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, the 10 kilos hasn't done much it, it, to reduce it is the... 17 or 18. It's like an SFJ um, Lamborghini. So SVJ, let's read into some of, the, um, some of the stats from the press release. The brief was to drastically enhance performance, but also give the confidence to the driver to push the car at its limit. Well, good luck, because not many people can push the stand-up onto its limit. Exactly. The rear wing generates 315 kilos of downforce at 150 miles an hour. I think the GT3 RS is like 500 kilos. It's not. It? It's 870. Thank you. <laughs> so, so it's not actually that much. In it's terms not of really much more than the pista. Yeah. The balance, the aerodynamic load from the front. Oh, okay. So it's got a, a new floor. Um, the vents alone contribute 20% improvement to the frontal downforce, which adds. Oh, so, wow. Which totals 325 kilos at the SF90's top speed. Um, the top speed was 199 mile an hour. Yeah. Well, that's slower than the normal car. That makes sense. Because of the drag. Yeah. So it hasn't got DR. Oh, we'll have DRS. The changes make the SF90XX the most aerodynamically efficient road car yet. Uh, the this is all about stability. The stiffer spring rate, reducing the body roll by 10%, and lowered rear ride height. In addition to boosting downforce, the aerodynamic overhaul improves the flow of cold air, blah, 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 blah. The improvement is split between a 17-horsepower uplift from the twin-turbocharged 4-litre and a 13-horsepower uplift from the electric motors. The, mo the motor features a new extra boost system derived from Ferrari's Formula One programme, providing their full output for short bursts of acceleration. Well, that's not doing very well because they're not very good in the F1 car. <laughs> <laughs> it probably shouldn't have said that. Yeah, technology is right there. The system is split into 30 tokens representing the charge remote. That all sounds a bit complicated, if I'm honest. For, okay, in, in qualifying mode, it's 2.3 seconds 0 to 60. 
Anyway, I mean, here we go. Redesign front and bigger brakes. ABS Evo. It's going to be mega. I, I have, it just looks so Novatech Mansfield. Like, I despise the way it looks. It's so anti-Ferrari for me. I'm kind of with you where, of all the cars to do this to, S790 doesn't make a lot of sense because it's heavy. But, they, but this is the direction they're going to have to go in. Like, this is the future, hybridized. S790 was supposed to be a flagship car for them, which kind of, they got the marketing a bit wrong on, got overlooked, it's been misunderstood. Maybe they're hoping that this is going to... I'll tell you what this car reminds me of. It's just absolutely just dawned on me. This car reminds me of a Nismo Nissan GTR. Stupid. Pointless. 1,800 kilos, make it a little bit faster, say it's a track version, track pack car. It's terrible on track. But it's Ferrari. But Ferrari going to get away with it. and obviously No, but not just get away with it. I think they'll do a better job than Nissan did with well, the Nismo. I mean, they, they, they might well, but if you, look, if you look at the comparisons to the to the normal GTR and the Nismo and what it actually does, it's, they're both terrible on track. Both of these would be terrible on track. The thing is, mate, the marketing will be unbelievable on it. But again, how much is it? <laughs> <laughs> so how much was a standard car? Uh, 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 400 grand or something. Uh, and more. So a, a spec Fiorano car, coupe, with mm. all the bits on it was half a million. Coupe. Okay, so the uh, starting price for a coupe, because they've released a spider version as well. Of course they have. 777 grand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so who's going to bat round on track on that? Senna money. It's, yeah, it's Senna money. Yeah, yeah. It'll be 850 spec'd up. Some stupid version will be 900, won't it? But mate, they're all Genius. sold. If not all. I mean, I think they're doing 799 coupes and 499 spiders. Of course they're all sold. Which is actually quite a big number. If you think about it, how many standard SF90s do they make? Like 1,500 or something? They're supposed to be 1,500 of each. Yeah, so it's... it's we you think know, there's less spiders, though. Fair. I mean, but, you know, 799 is not a tiny number. It's, it's quite a big chunk of cars. Well, it's the same amount as competitionis. To, uh, 812 for competition. Yeah. yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, I, I think... And I've seen a ton of those, by the way. Um, well, you were, 799 of them. I think it's... Naive is, I, I'm not, I don't mean to attack you, but I mean, I think it's naive to say it's going to be crap on track. Is it going to be the best Ferrari track car ever? Potentially not because of its weight, because of the, the four-wheel four drive, et cetera, et cetera. But they will have made this infinitely better than an SF90. Look at all of their prior examples of version Speciales, 488, two-pista. It's a groundbreaking change. In, 458 Speciale. Yeah, reading yeah, something yeah. off a piece of paper doesn't always add up. So you're just going, oh, the brakes are a bit bigger. Like, it will be remarkably different, I think. It will be around 20% better all the way around because that's normally what they are. And if you dial out the GT car nature of an SF90 and make it track, for, that could turn that, that could make that car alive. I don't think you can, this is what I'm saying. The other cars that, that we were just talking about, the 488 the, the, to the Pista, and the the speciali and the normal four five eight, the weight difference is quite a lot, mm. hundred kilos or something yeah, agreed, like that. Agreed. Not ten kilos, and they're not GT cars. They start both of them started as supercars, and then they just made them lightweight, so they made them twenty percent better all round. Mm. So they are night and day the way they drive, especially on track, because they're loads lighter. Yeah. They both got loads more power, by the way as well, like the, the, the 458 to the Speciali was 40 horsepower, and there's like 70 horsepower, 60 horsepower, sorry, from the 
488 to the Pista. So in a much stronger engine as well. I think I don't think this will be very good, mate. I think it'll be very good. I just I say I despise the way it looks. I don't like that the XX brand has now crossed into road cars because what's the precedence? Oh, is are we now going to see the two nine six XX Stradale? Like like is this a merging of brands? Is this a like? I, so I don't like that. Yeah, I think the coloring's awful. With the anyway, but I think it'll be very good. I think it'll be really, really good. All right. I think it You love the SF90. I'm I shocked that the, you're saying I, this. I love the SF90 because it's a very good road GT car. This but what this is how this starts, and they've tried to make it lighter and more track-focused. But, but they, they haven't. Do. It's 10 kilos lighter. It's nothing. Exactly. So it's get, so on the track, it's going to be terrible. But as a road... Okay, so sorry. I'm really coming after you here. Good. Because you love the Pista. Love it. And I know what you're going to say. They made a My huge favorite car. difference between 488. But, but you love the Pista because it's a track-focused car that you can drive flat on the road. Correct. The track-focused nature benefits you on the road. And and um, on track. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah. you love it as a road car. I love it. This might not be the best track car ever, but making it track-focused could enhance it as a road car. Because you remember when we went on Mila Mila and you were going back and forth saying, do I get an Assetto Friorano car or would I get a standard car? Like, what would be the benefits of the car? Surely this is taking a car that you really like and just dialing it in further to the road. I know they keep going on track focus, track focus, track focus. But surely by firming up the suspension, by, I'm not going to say weight, but the, adding the aero, improving the brakes, reworking the power delivery, all these things like that are going to make it an even better road car like the Pista. No, because I, I think the the 488 is a is a supercar to start with, and then they just make it lighter and better and more functional, whereas that car, to start with, is a GT car, a very good one, and it is very, very good to drive on the road, and I, and I love the standard car, but I don't think that will be much better. What about the TDF and the Competizione and the GTO? They're all what GT about? cars, 599, F12, 812, all GT cars. The, I've not driven the competition. Driven the TDF? Death Trap. Yeah, but brilliant. Yeah. GTO. But so, but so, was a, so was an F12, Death yeah. Trap. But, but what I'm saying is... GTO, no, I've not driven it. So, yeah, okay. So they're all three front-engine GT cars, very comfortable, very good road cars that are... The experience is heightened and I would say improved in their version speciality. Oh, I don't think they're faster, mate. I don't think they, I don't, you know, they're, they're just death traps. They're, the reason why they're, they're the TDF and the GTO are what they are, because they're just turned up by, this will be a safe car, mate. This this won't be, because the, the SF90 is a safe car. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. what some people think, it's, it's actually easier to drive fast than a Pista mm -hmm, or a mm -hmm, TDF or, because of all the contraptions on it. The, the TDF and the, the GTO, the, the standard cars want to kill you. They really want to kill you. Which is why they're the, so good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, yeah, this won't be like that. This will be still no, be I, a I dial think... down soft-ish because that's what it's based upon. Yeah, but I think my, my, point, my point being, and look, hey, look, I, I, I totally bow down to the fact that you've spent a lot more time behind the wheel of an SF90 than I have. So I, 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 I understand where you're coming from, but I think the point that maybe... I feel like you're missing, but maybe you're not, is that 
those base cars, 599, F12, and 812, whilst they're leery as hell, yes, they are also comfortable GT cars. They're the flagship GT. I mean, the, a 599 GTB is a wafty yeah, yeah, yeah. bit of poo. Yeah, yeah. Um, but an 812 GTS is a fantastic road GT car. Absolutely. So yeah. the version speciale are just better versions. So you are insinuating that this is going to be a worse car than the SF90 Stradale. What I'm saying to you is, whilst this might not save the SF90, it's not going to suddenly be like, oh my God, this is the best Ferrari ever made. I think it will fundamentally be a better car to drive on both road and track. They will have improved it for the driver because that was their sole goal. Like these changes are going to have made it a better driver's car. Yeah. And to sit there and go, oh, well, it's going to be a bit too firm on the road, blah, blah, blah. That's the case. No, I don't think it'd be too firm on the road. I mean, I don't think it'd be very good on track because that's what it is. It is a track-focused car, whereas the other track-focused stuff, not the GT stuff, not the TDF and Mm -hmm. the competition, they're not track cars. Um, But the Speciali and the Pista are good on track. Yeah. For five laps, by the way, then everything gets too hot. That's the problem. I think see this as... Uh, as a better as a better SF90 Stradale as a, as a road car I know they keep saying track focus but it's the same as all these track focused things you know you could I'm sure there's somewhere in a press release saying that the GTO was doing enhanced performance on track terrible but, you know it, it, that's exactly it so don't think of it that you're not going to go and track it at the time you know I'm sure you drove your Pista on the road more than you drove it on track I did yeah so there you go but it's a Pista it's made to go on piste so anyway long story short I mean, I would love it if I got to drive one. I don't think that's a kind of car that I don't think Ferrari are going to invite me to drive. But well, they said so, so, well, they all sort out. It's a limited run. Like that's the yeah, kind of yeah. stuff that I do not get invited to drive. But I would love to at some point, and I would love for you to have a go as well because I say I know you're a big an SF90 fan, and I'm, I love I'm the intrigued. SF90 yeah. as a road car. Yeah, that, that is unbelievable road I just, car. I think this would just, I think this would be an even better one. I just would get rid of all of the gash design which they've done which really take the spoiler me. off spoiler just, all the all uh, yeah, terms of all colouring the wings. Like, design like Ferrari like just bring Pin and Farina yeah. back please. just have this normal one then yeah I guess <laughs> no but with all the benefits all the good stuff but that's the, that gives you the benefits having all them bits and wings and stuff on it that's the benefit no because I want the brakes I want the re-engineered the recalibrated power delivery you want a touring want- version yeah, <laughs> I want an SF90 XX Stradale Touring. Touring. Call me Ferrari, I've got three mil to spend. Um, you've got an exciting car to pick up this week, should we talk about oh, that quickly? Oh, uh, I've got M3 Touring coming mm, tomorrow, yeah. Very jealous. Yeah. I still would. I will sell it though. Yeah, it's a stock car, right? Well, no, I'm going to use it for a bit, but I will sell it for sure, yeah. Um, but if, yeah, you had, if you'd got a slightly nicer or a slightly more me spec, I would really struggle to not try and buy that car. Yeah. I really like them. Yeah. They're mega, aren't they? Lots of them online, though. Oh, there's loads of them, but there always is. But do you think that's... Do you think that was speculators, or do you think that's people got them, went, oh, I don't really need it? Like, why are there no, so many online? Yeah, speculators literally just bought them, think they could get overs for them. They're not an overs car. Never was an over car. Never, I think, uh, well, I think was like said this in the over, first place. Yeah, yeah. Well, I said this when they first come out. They're not They're not going to be an overs car. I mean, they might... They might uh, uh, again, the mass-produced car, if you get an early one really quickly, you will get overs. For, it, for sure, but it's three months, mate, and then the arsehole falls out. How do we feel then about the announcement or the teasing of an M5 touring? Yeah, <gasps> well, that's well, that's definitely coming. Hello, yeah. I mean, caught my attention. That's an RS6 competitor. Yeah, that's not that's finally. Not, yeah, that's not an M3 competitor, and that will be they bang on about the M3 being the best all-round car at the moment. 
that M5 Touring will will definitely be the best all-round car you can Well, we love an M5, don't Absolutely, we? Absolutely, like yeah, one, yeah. Often say one of our favourite cars. Yeah. And yeah, in touring shape, I mean that. The problem is, it's going to be all of the money. Maybe 130, yeah. Ah, just stupid, yeah. stupid money. So yeah. uh, not something that I'm necessarily looking to do because I've spent 130 grand on an estate before and realised it was a disaster. So <laughs> I'll be steering clear. But yeah, M3 Touring is just still... Still catch my eye and just oh, it's still a hundred grand. Then mate. that's the problem. I think when they get to like seventy five, yeah, seventy seventy five, cool cool car. But they but oddly, I mean that they they have lost money, um, M cars. But this generation M car, as a percentage, it's probably lost the same actually. But it doesn't hasn't seem to have fallen as quickly as the mm. historic mm. M cars. Yeah. But that's probably because the dealers haven't been doing massive money off of them and stuff like that, you know. Um, but yeah, like a like a good a two year old coupe or a saloon car, still sixty grand, really? sixty five grand. Yeah, yeah. It would have been eighty new. Sure, it's not done too bad. No, no, they've done all right. They've yeah. done all right. They're good. Those cars. Anyway, I guess that's a good time to wrap things up. Uh, it's a completely unexpected episode for us. Um, wasn't supposed to be here. Quite dramatic as to why. Recorded I have, but... it twice. Oh, you recorded it twice. Technical <laughs> glitches. I mean, it's been a bit. It's been an interesting day. It's um, been a disaster. It's been a disaster. <laughs> to be honest. Um, but anyway, we are here, and uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I we will be back. We'll be back with another episode next week. Lots more to discuss. Will I be able to share? I may, we might have to talk a little bit more about how the GP12 drove next week. Who knows? Oh, well, I'm going flat out on Monday on uh, Ram Brands Hatch in the GT3. Oh, lovely. Yeah, around the GP circuit. Oh, you're now obsessed with doing track days in that car. I love yeah. that car, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, look, subscribe now, turn on notifications so you don't miss out. Uh, we'll be back with you for another episode next week. Bye-bye. See ya. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.